wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! I'm back! Miss me? Ultimate Warrior will run forever! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a very special Halloween episode of WrestleRant Radio here today. I am your host with the most Bleacher Report featured comments, Graham, GSM, Matthews. We are here on WrestleRant Radio, joined by my co-host, RJ. How's it going tonight, RJ? Doing good tonight, Graham. Awesome. So tonight we have a special interview here tonight with former NECW Northeast Championship Wrestling. I'm sorry about that. Um, we've got Sean Burke here on the line, and we've been waiting a while to get him on the show. Happy to finally have it come to fruition. Sean, how's it going tonight? I'm pretty good. How are you guys doing? Doing good, doing good. So I've been a fan of your work for the last year or so, having uh, with NECW being on. It was over here at the Cove Community Center here in Beverly for a while before you guys started going over to Everett, but I got a chance to talk to you at the last show that you guys did in Everett not too long ago, earlier this month, so that was pretty cool. But um, just a few basic questions for you. Obviously, the very cliche question that you probably get asked all the time. Um, where did your interest in uh, professional wrestling start? How did you get into professional wrestling? What kind of motivated you to choose this career path? I uh, I actually just got the, I got asked that question uh, a couple of nights ago by somebody. Um, <laughs> there you go. I, when I was six years old, uh, SummerSlam 1990. My my grandfather liked Hulk Hogan, so he ordered that for me on pay per view. Um, and that was uh, it was Hulk Hogan versus Earthquake and the Ultimate Warrior versus Ravishing Rick Rude in a steel cage for the double main event. Um, and I, just from that night on, I was hooked. And uh, I, I used to my, my I remember my great aunt. Get mad at me. She used to tell me that when I grew up, I needed to be an astronaut or a lawyer or something like that. And I always told her I wanted to be a wrestler. So it all started there. So, what kind of pursued you to choose a career path of being a wrestler? Like, what, where did what was that one turning point that said, "I want to choose. I, I want to do this for the rest of my life." Um, it, you know, I was I, I played football my whole life. Um, played all the way through college. I played Division Two, but I just I just wasn't good enough to go any further. Um, and I kind of always had this, this idea in my head that if I ever had a chance to play in the NFL, certainly I would have done that. Um, but at some point, I would, always, I would come back and do like a Steve McMichael type of deal or a Kevin Green and you know, get involved in wrestling in some way, shape, or form or another. Um, so when I realized that you know, football just wasn't going to cut it for me, I just didn't have the right skill set to make it there, um, I said, well, I guess I'm all in and I'm going to hop into wrestling and see if I, uh, see if I have what it takes to, to do something in that, in that uh, sport, business, whatever you want to call it. So, do you live over here in the Massachusetts area? Or do you reside at, or other, uh, elsewhere in the Northeast? No, Massachusetts, the, um, uh, the western part of Massachusetts. What school did you train at? Uh, um, Antonio Thomas, um, who, if you've been to the NCW shows, I know you've probably seen him wrestle a couple of times. Um, uh-huh. He has a school in Palmer, Mass, um, and obviously, you know, he comes with a, a lot of credentials and whatnot. So. Uh, he is the guy that uh, has done most of my training for me. Um, you know, obviously, I've, I've got a couple other places here and there and, and kind of uh, gotten involved with some other trainers, uh, uh, but he's been kind of my main trainer. 
So you mentioned before Antonio Thomas, a fellow wrestler from Northeast Championship Wrestling. You guys have a lot of history in that organization, facing off for the NECW World Heavyweight Championship on a number of occasions. But of course, going back to the topic at hand here, um, NECW, where did that relationship kind of kick off? Where did you first start to get involved with uh, NECW? Um, I was, so I was probably, I'd probably been wrestling for a year and a half or something like that. Um, and I had, uh, you know, been doing a lot of stuff with, uh, some other, uh, New England companies. And I think actually, I think they saw me at a chaotic wrestling show. Um, and I just got a call from the booker one day saying, we'd like you to, to come in if you're available on whatever date it was. And, uh, I went to that show and they seemed to like me and they booked me ever since. So in recent memory, too, from the shows that I've been to in the last year, you were embarking on a very lengthy undefeated streak of never being pinned in singles competition. Did the idea originate from somewhere? Or, did they just, or were you already undefeated and they just kind of saw you winning so many matches and just kind of just stick with it and having you win the championship? Do you know where that idea kind of originated from? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. It just kind of took off. I, um, I, I, yeah, I was, I was undefeated for a while. I, I broke my ankle, uh, about, uh, I think, about, uh, about two and a half years into my career. And I had probably been there for about a year and a half at that point. Um, I broke my ankle and I went away for a while. So there was there was about six months there where I didn't have any matches. So that continued my undefeated streak, so to say. And uh, and then, you know, finally when I came back, you know, I decided to, to uh, you know, I came back as a bad guy. And uh, I, uh, I won that title again for the second time. And uh, it just kind of took off. I, I don't know. It, it, it didn't really... Uh, I think I think it lasted for about three years. I think finally Slick Wagner Brown beat me, so it just kind of took off. It wasn't. Uh, I don't think it was anything that anybody specifically had in mind. It just kind of happened that way. So, with that being said, was what what do you mind when you first won that World Heavyweight Championship? Because that's something that anyone that aspires to be a pro wrestler is always thinking about. So, when you won, when you first won that World Heavyweight Championship a number of years ago, what went through your mind when that first happened? Uh, it, it was uh, it was pretty cool. You know, when, when I when I got the when I, when I was told that that was going to happen, I think that was probably more exciting than when it actually happened. Uh, just you know, kind of getting that that uh, that notice out of the blue that hey, uh, next month you're gonna you're gonna win that belt. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was very cool. I um, I won it in a tournament uh, the first time, so I went through. I think I I think there's only two matches I had to go through that night. But I won it in a tournament. Uh, I want to say like Blackstone Mass or something like that. Uh, it, was, it was very cool. It was a very fun night. Um, they have it up on the, on the video vault somewhere, so I got to go back and watch it a couple of times. It was very cool. So, like you just said before, you came back from your injury as a heel. In the year that I've been watching NECW on YouTube and going to all of the shows and whatnot, um, you were easily one of the best heels they had at their disposal, along with Jeremy Proffitt, you also have history within the organization. And you went on to become a great heel for that organization before recently turning babyface. So i got to ask you this question. Do you prefer being a babyface over a heel or vice versa? Like, w- w- which one do you have more fun doing? You know, I, it's, it's funny. I, I think, I, I, always, I usually say I like being a heel better. Mm-hmm. And I think, not that I don't, I don't think I'm really a mean person or anything like that, but I think it's, for whatever reason, I think it's a lot easier to be, you know, kind of a jerk than it is to be a nice guy, especially in a wrestling context. Um, but recently, uh, I've been a babyface a lot of places, and I'm really starting to get used to that. I'm really starting to feel my flow there. So I, I don't know if I really know the answer anymore. I'm very comfortable doing both of them at this time. So in the last couple of years that you've been with NECW, you've had great matches with the likes of Antonio the Promise Thomas, Slick Wagner Brown, like we just said before, Jeremy Prophet just recently. So in all the years that you've been wrestling, who's been your favorite opponent to work with? Hmm. I'm actually a good one. I think I have uh, probably 
three. Um, you, you mentioned Antonio Thomas, and obviously that's always that's always really cool when I get to wrestle him. You know, obviously him being my trainer and everything, we mm-hmm. get a lot of chemistry, and we we just kind of you know have an idea of what each other are going to do with without even really saying anything. Um, but another guy that, that that you're probably familiar with that I love getting in the ring with um, is uh, uh, Warbeard Hanson from Ring of Honor. Uh, who I've, I've had a, a number of matches with in chaotic wrestling. Uh, he's certainly one of my favorite guys to get in there with. We have, I think, fantastic chemistry. And another guy uh, is uh, Brian Valonis, who I've also had chaotic wrestled uh, against a number of times. Um, just you know, a lot of chemistry with, with any of those three guys, I think, and uh, always put out good matches. I'm always very happy with how, with, you know, how those matches turn out. Always excited when I see my name on the card next to any of them. Is there anyone right now in the pro wrestling scene, anyone on the indies from NECW, Chaotic Wrestling, anywhere basically, that you have yet to work with, that you have a desire to work with? Yeah, uh, uh, Tommaso Ciampa, uh, certainly. Uh, the guy that uh, I've like, crossed paths with a number of times that I've never actually been in the ring with. I actually was talking to somebody about that the other night, but I don't have a chance to get in with him. Um, Matt Taven, too. I've, I've wrestled Matt Taven once, but it was very, very, very early on in my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to get get another another chance to ring with him at some point now, where I, have, I think I'm a lot better than I was uh, back then. I think we're both at different stages in our career now. So uh, I think those are the two guys that, uh, as far as the indie scene is concerned, those are the two guys that I think about that I, I would like to get uh, either back in the ring with or in the ring with for the first time. And in terms of dream matches, who on the wrestling scene, whether they be alive now, passed away, whatever, um, who would you have liked to work with, say, in, like, the main event of WrestleMania, so to speak? Say, who is your dream opponent? Oh, man. So this, this could, I could go for about 15 minutes on this one. <laughs> it's going it, to be a number of people. Um, oh, go right ahead. I think, you know, it, I, I, Hulk Hogan was always my favorite wrestler growing up. So, mm-hmm. obviously, just being in the ring with him in any shape or form would be a dream come true. So, so that, would, that honestly would probably be number one. Uh, I think number two would be The Undertaker, because who wouldn't want to wrestle The Undertaker and just the, what you could possibly learn from that match, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then number three, Bruiser Brody. Um, I, I'm a huge, huge, huge Bruiser Brody fan. Um, you know, I'm not a, I don't think I was ever a fan of, you know, you know, real hardcore deathmatch kind of wrestling or anything like that. But the, the the physicality and the things like that, that that Brody, you know, some of the stuff he did with that duel of the butcher was I probably wouldn't want to do some of that stuff. Um, but uh, just the physicality and stuff that he, uh, everything he did looked real, looked like he was really out there trying to kill somebody. So that is the kind of guy I'd love to you know work with because I just think I just it, you, I, I love wrestling that looks real. I feel like everything he did looked real. Kind of an kind of kind of an off-topic question, but uh, you mentioned Bruiser Brody, obviously a very underrated talent in my opinion. But um, with that being said, though, a lot of people have recently called Luke Harper of the Wyatt family the second coming of Bruiser Brody, and never, no one's ever going to be the second coming of this guy, the next Shawn Michaels. They're going to be the first whoever, like the first Luke Harper. So you mentioned Bruiser Brody and being a big fan of him. I kind of want to get your thoughts on that real quick. Do you see Luke Harper being somewhat of a new Bruiser Brody for the WWE? Yeah, I, I think he's. I think he's probably. You know, there was some things that were very, very unique about Brody from the way he looked to the way he moved, and, and you know, I, you think about the furry boots and the beard and the hair and everything. And I think that's stuff that if you tried to really be kind of a carbon copy of Bruiser Brody, you'd really just be a ripoff. Um, I think Luke Harper is probably as close as you're going to get. Uh, to that, you know, to that type of character at this point, without the weight really kind of stealing from it. 
Um, so yeah, I really do. I like I, I like watching Luke Harper. Obviously, he, you know, I, he's not the you know why Bray Wyatt gets more of the uh, TV time and stuff like that. So I don't have as much of a chance to watch him uh, in the bigger matches or anything like that. But uh, everything I've watched with him, I'm definitely a fan. I definitely don't change the channel when he comes on. I definitely leave it on and see what's going to happen. So. And speaking of the WWE, you're a guy that I look at. And it, see, it really seems like you fit the mold of what WWE would be looking for. You've got the size, you've got the look, you've got the in-ring skills and mic skills. Have you really pursued to try to land a tryout with them? Or try to? Or do you have any interest in working for the WWE? Or TNA, for that matter, any major wrestling organization, I guess. Yeah, of course, of course I do. And I have, I have been in front of WWE a couple of times. Um, nothing, you know, nothing, obviously nothing major has happened. Um but obviously, I'm still pursuing that. I mean, I think that's. I, I think anybody that uh, that gets into the, the wrestling business, uh, certainly that should be your goal. And I think if they're telling you that that's not their goal, they're probably lying to you, <laughs> yep. or they probably became disillusioned somewhere along the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, obviously, yes, WWE is goal number one. Um, but you know, there are TNA. Certainly, I, mean, I don't know what the situation is with the company. You're hearing <laughs> all kinds of things about yeah. what you know what's going on there. Yeah. Um, but. Other things like Japan, getting an opportunity in New Japan or something like that would be absolutely be a dream come true. Um, even being able to go down to Puerto Rico or something like that uh, would also be uh, very cool. So there's a lot of op- there are a lot of options out there. Nothing as big as WWE, nothing with the uh, same level of notoriety, but uh, certainly any of those things, Ring of Honor, even any of those things, you know, certainly be something I, I'm definitely shooting for. So aside from making, you know, accomplishing that big goal of working for the WWE at one point, um, what other goals and aspirations do you currently have? Do you have a goal to win this championship, or I want to work with this guy at one point? Do you have any other current goals or aspirations at the moment? Um, I mean, you know, I think I certainly, like I said, New Japan, definitely, you know, that's mm-hmm. definitely something. It's just hard to get over there. It's hard to get them to see you. Um, as far as guys that I'd love to work with, actually, I was always a – uh, a huge Kevin Nash fan, and he does indie shows. He's around time, you know, every now and then. Uh, I'd love to be able to have a chance to get around Kevin Nash. It would be kind of like a eleven-year-old uh, kid's kind of dream come true. <laughs> That'd actually be pretty awesome. Big sexy against Sean Burke at any wrestling show. It doesn't even have to be NECW. But like we were talking about before, when I was talking to you over Facebook a couple of weeks ago, um, you said you will not be on the next NECW show this upcoming Saturday night on November first. But you do have other stuff kind of going on at the moment. So kind of talk a little bit about what you've got going on, what you aspire to do in the future going forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, actually, I've got a, a kind of a big couple of months coming up, and I'm, I'm very excited about a couple of things that uh, that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like you mentioned, I won't be on the next NECW show, and I won't be. There's another one in November that I won't be on either. Um, but on November 7th, uh, I will be uh, working with Tommy Dreamer um, at uh, Top Rope Promotions, which is another New England company. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. It's the first time I've had a chance to get in the ring with him. Um, after that, November 14th, um, I am on a show for Big Time Wrestling at the Mass Mutual Center in Springfield, which used to be the Springfield Civic Center, which is uh, kind of a big deal for me because that's the. Uh, the building that I always went and watched wrestling at with my grandfather when I was a little kid, and I watched Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior and all my favorites there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's a show for, for big-time wrestling. It's kind of a big deal. you got Rick Flair and Ricky Steamboat on it. Um, the Patriot and uh, uh, Brian Christopher and Scotty Duhati are also on the show. So those are kind of the headline attractions on there. Uh, and somewhere, on, uh, somewhere down in the card, you will find me. So I'm very excited about that. That's on November 14th. Um, I also... It's maybe a little known fact at this point. Um, are you guys familiar with Tara? With Shakara? Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely, yep. 
So I am a member of the Devastation Corporation in Chikara. I actually double as Flex Rumble Crunch. Yeah. Um, yes. So uh, we just we, we just won the King of Trios tournament uh, at the end of September. Um, we had a couple shows in Massachusetts, and we have one show in Massachusetts coming up on November 15th in Haverhill. Um, on November 16th, we are in East Windsor, Connecticut. And then at the beginning of December, uh, we have a show at the old ECW Arena down in Philly. So that, that's uh, pretty excited about that. That's going to be a really cool building to be able to work in. So, Shakara, talk a little bit about that. How did that opportunity come up? How long have you been uh, competing for Shakara? Yeah, that uh, well, you know, the, the um, uh, Sydney Bacabella was our manager, and uh, Max Smashmaster, one of my uh, one of my tag team partners, were both guys that I knew uh, from you know previous things that I had done. And you know that that Devastation Corporation started out as a tag team, but there was kind of a desire to turn it into a trio, and they needed another big guy. So they knew me. Uh, they reached out to me, um, and it really kind of snowballed from there. Um, I did a lot of stuff kind of on and off. I wasn't necessarily, you know, at first, like I said, it was kind of a tag team gimmick, so I would, they would bring me in when they kind of needed the third guy for, for this, that, or the other thing. Um, and it really kind of picked up, I want to say, in the last couple of months, uh, you know, right before King of Trios, like you know, through King of Trios, where I've been uh, a very steady member of the uh, of the roster. So pretty excited. I mean, certainly a, certainly a different type of environment there. Um, you know, I am, I've only been kind of the old school NWA, Magnum TA, and, uh, you know, that, that kind of wrestling is really what I love. Uh, Shikara certainly is a completely different animal, um, you know, much different, a lot more comedy and things like that there. Um, but it has been, uh, it's been a very interesting and, uh, ride and it's really kind of, kind of helping me, uh, I guess broaden some of the things that I do. Shakar's, yeah, I just want to say, Shakar's a very interesting company. I mean, like you said before, I had no idea that you worked for that for Shakar at one point. That's, that's really, really cool. Um, I think that's kind of a company that kind of goes under the radar more often than not. That definitely, that's a company for one to watch out for. I think they have a lot of potential, a lot of great talent like yourself over on their roster. So that's cool that they've got that thing going on for you as well, in addition to the matches with Tommy Dreamer and Big Time Wrestling, Over the Top Rope Wrestling as well. So a big month for you coming up. Um, but where can the fans find you on social media, Facebook, Twitter, or any websites where people can find where your upcoming matches are or anything like that? It's really just Facebook. Um, I haven't. I'm, I'm, more, I'm a really kind of old school person. I have trouble working in the computer, um, so I haven't got myself on the Twitter yet. I'm probably going to have to do that soon. But uh, right now, it's just Facebook, just Sean Burke, um, and you'll find uh, you know, anything I got coming up. Whether it's like you said, whether it's NECW or it's Chaotic Wrestling, which, which is you know pretty much kind of my home base at this point, uh, or Chikara, or you know any of those other companies that I have coming up, I will put that kind of stuff on there and let people know where I'm going to be. Excellent, man. Thanks again for coming on. We had an awesome interview. Great talking to you. And hopefully we can catch up with you soon, hopefully at one of the upcoming uh, shows here in Massachusetts or one of the NECW shows. And you said you won't be on the shows in November, but one of the shows hopefully in uh, December or so. So thanks again, man, for coming on. We really appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Have fun. Thanks, man. Have a good night. All right. See ya. Thanks again for Sean for coming on and for a great interview. Really appreciated that. Um, long time in the making, so it's great to finally have him on. Big fan of his over on NECW. And like I've said a number of times, you and I have talked about this at length. they got to bring you one of these shows these one days. Um, it's not here in Beverly anymore, on, anymore, unfortunately. It's over in Everett, Massachusetts. But uh, definitely have to take another trip over there. They're a great organization. If only just to see Sean wrestle. He's awesome. But um, a big t a big week in professional wrestling this week. We had Hell in a Cell, Monday Night Raw, and so much more going on. So, RJ, what are your thoughts on this past week in wrestling? I mean, before we get into any specifics, what's going on with you? I think... I think uh, Where's your mind at right now? It's starting to turn up a little bit. Uh, 
I thought Hell in a Cell was better than it usually was. There's some spots, obviously, that very controversial, but um, I thought Raw was pretty good. New fresh feuds and fresher uh, material, so I feel like hopefully they're finally going to take Survivor Series for once, which they haven't done in the last couple of years, but maybe with these new feuds and stuff like that, they can get a nice Survivor Series show going again. Hopefully. I mean, I, I like you just said, Survivor Series has been overlooked for far too long. I, it, I struggle to find, to figure out when the last time Survivor Series was really taken seriously, because the last couple of shows have been, they haven't been great. I know the 2011 show is pretty good, because that was the show that they brought on The Rock for, and they had pretty, they had a number of good uh, matches on that show, but aside from that, they really have not taken that event seriously enough, which is a shame, too, because it's one of the big four pay-per-views, you know, and like we said before, that should be a pay-per-view. If there's any one pay-per-view they can bring in Brock Lesnar for, it should be that one to defend his championship, but... As we learned last night on Raw, they're holding the big multi-man traditional tag team match in the main event of this year's Survivor Series show, which is great because I can't remember the last time that was actually the case, but um, that should be pretty cool. But even so, though, Hell in a Cell on Sunday night, we'll get to that in just a second. But speaking of pay-per-view, I don't know if you heard or not, probably did, Elimination Chamber is seemingly no more, being replaced by a new pay-per-view called WWE Fastlane. Not a fan of that whatsoever. That's even worse than there's two of them. There's Fastlane or Fast Speed or... I don't know, I saw two different names. It was Fastlane or Highway. Something know. like something, that. Something what if, like the speed or something. Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be dumb. And, but someone pointed out that it makes sense, I it guess. It could, like, it's like the fa- like after the Fastlane to WrestleMania, that, Exactly. It's the road to WrestleMania. So I kind of understand that. It could be a little more creative, like, <clears throat> I don't know, No Way Out or something. But I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't mind, like, there's not, like, I don't mind, like, Battlegrounds or, like, Payback. That's not bad. Payback is okay. I mean, Backlash sounds cooler, but... Even so, I guess Elimination Chamber is just Elimination Chamber. Hell in a Cell. They're going to change TLC the too, then? TLC. I don't know if they're going to change TLC. Hopefully, with Elimination Chamber being gone, hopefully, uh, I mean, it, it's pretty much confirmed at this point. I mean, it's not 100% confirmed, but it's pretty much uh, Are they still going to have the there. Chamber match, or is that just... Well, that's too? the thing. I think the Chamber match is going to be staying, but what the thing is, is that they're going to only hold it when necessary. So they're going to hold it whenever they need to. Like... This is what should be the case with Hell in a Cell, and we talked about this last week, but Hell in a Cell should only appear when necessary. Like Ambrose and Rollins, if they said, we're going to settle the score inside Hell in a Cell, like, that's awesome. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, bringing it out of nowhere. It's like, oh, there's Hell in a Cell in this match this month. Let's, you know, just throw two guys that have faced each other a million times before, like Randy Orton and John Cena in there. <laughs> that was a good matchup. We'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, but what, when would you have, like, six guys, like, necessarily participate in Elimination Chamber, though? I'm thinking, what I, what I read was that they're moving that pay-per-view to the summer. I'm hoping that they keep that match like you keep it around at different different intervals of the year. I don't have the list of Elimination Chamber matches in front of me, but I know there was one 02, obviously Survivor Survivor Series. Series. And then 03 was SummerSlam. 04, I don't even know if they had one. I think it was New Year's Revolution. Oh, yeah. New Year's Revolution like two years in a row. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what that was. That was the gimmick for that paper. They had it January. It was right before Royal Rumble, which kind of. That's when they were like had like fourteen pay-per-views on yeah. here. Yep, yep, yep. And then they moved it to No Way Out and then Elimination yeah. Chamber. So, but like we said last week, though, Elimination Chamber has never really meant anything because, like you said, the last time someone won a championship inside the chamber was like twenty ten. That's five years ago. You know what I mean? It's just because it's where it's put. No exactly. One, they're not going to change. Right Usually before WrestleMania. WrestleMania, it's a month before. So what's the point? Exactly. Before so, like SummerSlam and Survivor Series, a couple months before they can like storyline change it, but. Yeah. Like I said, the only time they changed it was when Jericho won it because Undertaker got screwed by Michaels. But besides that, it hasn't changed at all. Yeah, exactly. So or that like being you said. could count like Edge cashing it in. 
Oh, you mean back in like 05 yeah. or 06? No, that was after the match, yeah, too. Yeah, but still. Yeah, it's probably been retained more times than it's actually changed hands inside the chamber, which is interesting because it should not be that way with six on one, like a five on one advantage. But whatever else, are you a fan of the concept being done away with, or do you want to see it stick around as a pay per view and like later this year? Or what are your thoughts on it? I like the I like the chamber. It kind of got sucky since the whole PG shit. But yeah, I don't no like blood. I don't like it before WrestleMania. Though. I don't mind if it's like they change like where Battleground and this new one's gonna be like Battleground before or any preview before that's not like like Money in the Bank. I think before SummerSlam was great, so I don't really know why they changed it. You know, and I don't mind it in June, but I thought it was great in July. I thought it was perfect right before SummerSlam, and they had to change it. Where do you think if they do move it to another place on the schedule, where do you see it going? July, June, maybe May. Like maybe, maybe like you said, probably those months. It wouldn't be later in the month, I think. Like because then uh, they'd have to change like payback battlegrounds or money in the bank. It'd yeah. Probably be payback or battlegrounds they would change it with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a big fan of Battleground. The name itself is fine, but the pay per view the last couple of years has not been great. Oh, I didn't mind Battleground this year. No, I didn't mind it. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, the first one was terrible, but the the second one wasn't that bad. But yeah, like you said, the placement though is what makes it a little mediocre because it's right before SummerSlam. You know, it's going to happen and all that kind of stuff. So the pay per view right before SummerSlam is never really all that awesome, unless it's like Money in the Bank. So the fact they changed that, I'm not mad with it, but I thought it was better in July. But even so, the Elimination Chamber match will be sticking around, even though the pay-per-view will be moving from that spot in February. It will be sticking around in some capacity later on in the year. That being said, that we had Hell in a Cell on Sunday night. Overall, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good show. I didn't think it was a great show, but there was some good action. There were some awesome main events. We had Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, some great spots there. Randy Orton and John Cena having a better match than expected, and some other really good matches on the undercard too. Nothing exciting, like no like title changes, and I'm probably... It's probably for the better because we've seen so many title changes recently that it wouldn't have meant anything. But um, that being said, though, what were your overall thoughts of Hell in a Cell on Sunday night? Um, I thought Hell in a Cell was decent. Uh, I wasn't going in expecting anything too amazing, so probably met my expectations of how the show was going to go. Um, I feel like all the matches were pretty good. I was actually pretty impressed with the Diva matches. I thought the Divas actually... Both matches actually had some good action. It wasn't just crappy like it usually is. So I'm kind That of was happy. a lot better match than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I thought both of them were really good. Um, AJ and Paige was a decent match. I mean, they could be given more time to have a great match, but Nikki and Bree, I think, they really actually surprised had a good me. Match. Yeah, and then... I don't care for the story, but the match itself yeah, the was The Rusev really match was all right, too. The Rusev match actually wasn't that bad. And then... I don't know. I wasn't really happy with the end of the, the, how the main event was, but that's just me. We'll talk about that now. Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt are set to feud going forward. Few questions here. Do you agree with who went over? Well, actually, yeah, like a number of questions. Do you agree with that Seth Rollins went over? Two, do you see that? Do you think the finish of that matchup kind of hindered what else happened before it? And three, what are your expectations for Dean Ambrose versus Bray Wyatt going forward? So I think I picked. Dean Ambrose, right? I think I picked Dean Ambrose last week. I think we both did. I, yeah, I, did. I definitely see Dean Ambrose. So, yeah. I don't know. The whole thing about this match was I feel like, I don't know, they were like trying, I feel like they trying too hard to make spots when they really like, what was it necessary? Like the beginning of the match was kind of stupid how he was up on top of the cage and they sent Mercury and Noble to get him. Then like they started having like that little crap. Then they wicked oversold them falling off the cage. The stretcher and shit kind of like dragged the match on. Yeah. I feel like once they got back in the ring, obviously picked up again. And then... So I wasn't I wasn't like pissed Seth Rollins won. 
Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, nope, Knights ruining Seth Rollins. I'm like, I like Seth Rollins, so. Yeah. I, that one was like, I just thought Dean Ambrose should have got over because he hasn't got over yet. But I think, like, if Dean Ambrose just won the match or Seth Rollins just won upright and then the whole Bray Wyatt stuff happened, it would have been fine. But I feel like it just, like, another paper that they kind of, like, ruined at the end with some, like, little, like, staticky, like, kind of, like, BS shit that, like, they did the same thing in Extreme Rules, like, like the Cena stuff. Oh, that was Like, garbage. that was just, like I, like, I love Bray Wyatt, but I just, like, have Ambrose win first, then do the stuff. Like, I feel like it kind of just, like, it doesn't end the Rollins and, like, Dean Ambrose feud, but then, like, just because he screwed Ambrose over, why wouldn't Ambrose still, like, hate, not hate Rollins? Like, I don't know, like, kind of, like... That, like, feud's still, like, up in the air. That's and what I mean, start yeah. another one. Yeah. They should have just ended that, like, with a clean winner and then had the next one come on. I can see, obviously, they're going to have more Ambrose and Rollins matches, but... That's probably why, I just yeah. think it's just, like, it just, like, tainted. It just tainted by how the finish really was. I'd rather see Ambrose win clean or just, just win in general, and then then they do the whole Wyatt thing. I thought the hologram thing actually was kind of cool, and I don't know what the hell he was saying. I have no idea. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention but to that. But it just, like... I don't know. I like him, but just the way that it kind of brought him back, and then having him last night just doing a cutting a promo, kind of like didn't really do anything for the feud. It's just like okay, cut another promo. They've been showing vignettes for the last three or four weeks. He attacked Ambrose, but now he's not on TV. So the whole feud's kind of up in the air right now. So I'm not really mad. I just wish they gave us a true main event, which they haven't done even on Raw or like even clean. They haven't given us a clean finish in a while. So. No. no. No champions, it wasn't. And SummerSlam, it Bro, was. Bro, Brock Lesnar dominated Yeah, Cena, but still, so. like, I don't know. Like, like you said, there was a couple, like, the last couple of Raws has been all DQs. Even last night was a DQ. I hate it. And it's always Kane, too. It's always <laughs> Kane. It's always Garbage. So, Kane. I don't care who, I didn't care that, like, Seth Rollins won. But yeah. I just wish they, Just like, the way it was booked. They just need to, like, be more creative. I was going to ask you before how you would have booked it, but you just said you would have had Dean Ambrose go over clean. So my two cents on this is this, is that I don't really, I didn't really mind the finish. I didn't hate it like some people did. Um, I thought it was okay. It was a fine way to kick off the Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt feud, which I think could be great. And I stress could. I'm not going to say will be great because we said the same thing about Jericho and Wyatt. And the only reason, I'm not going to say it bombed. It wasn't really as great as it could have been because one WWE uh, they limited in what they could do and say in a lot of their matches and whatnot. And then they weren't really given a lot of creative freedom with what they could do. And Wyatt, I mean, the way that he was booked at points was a little bit weird and whatever else. So I'll say this. The Wyatt and Ambrose feud has potential to be great with the promos, the matches, and whatever else. The psychotic nature of both characters that I think could make for a very interesting dynamic. I thought we could see this match at WrestleMania. But um, maybe they have other plans for Dean Ambrose. They probably have no idea what they're doing with Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania at this point in time. But um, even still, though, I think it could be a very good feud. It has the potential to be, but how WWE handles it and how they book it is a whole other thing. So two things here. The finish of the pay-per-view itself, I was fine with. I didn't really mind. And it saves Ambrose and Rollins the clean finish to that feud for another day. I understand that we didn't get a clean finish to the pay-per-view for like the second month in a row. And that does kind of anger me a little bit. We had the same thing last year. So I'm really hoping that's not the case at uh, Survivor Series. But uh, the thing with the Wyatt and Ambrose feud that concerns me the most is that Wyatt's back. He's looking great after all those vignettes. He's looking, you know, rejuvenated and whatnot. The Wyatt family are Eric Rowan and Luke Harper are nowhere to be seen. So I don't know what the deal is with them. But uh, the thing with Ambrose and Wyatt, and like you just said, you wanted to see Dean and Ambrose win. So the thing is with Wyatt and Ambrose is that both guys need victories. The thing with 
Jericho and Wyatt was that Jericho never really needed to win. He had that one win at Battleground, but that kind of established him or reestablished him as like a threat to Wyatt. Exactly. The thing with Wyatt and Ambrose is that Ambrose hasn't won a match on pay-per-view since like Payback when he beat Evolution. That wasn't even on his own. Wyatt hasn't, I mean, he beat Jericho at SummerSlam, but he's been so damaged since that point in time with the whole Cena crap and whatever else. Wyatt needs a win too. Exactly. Like the Rollins thing, he can afford to lose because he's still in the, the bank championship. Exactly. Like that's like a champion can always afford to lose eventually because mm-hmm. they have the title still. But like you said, these are two guys that are up and coming and they both need wins. Yeah, so. I feel like if, if Ambrose kept losing, I feel like. People just get mad. I don't think it would kill his credibility. I feel like why he kept losing, people would be like, this guy fucking sucks. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think there's really two ways about it. I mean, you can make the argument that, like, with Daniel Bryan, when he lost all those matches for months on end last year, and granted, I mean, that wasn't really the plan to have a main event at WrestleMania. I think Jericho said himself a couple weeks ago, he was supposed to face Sheamus in that show, and the only reason why he did it was because Punk left, and that changed plans drastically. But um, even so, though, I think with Daniel Bryan, he lost so many matches that people just start to think he's a loser. But in the end, though, it made that big win at WrestleMania mean that much more. That being said, if you have someone lose for so long, they will start to perceive that person as a loser. So it really could be hit or miss, and I'm really hoping with Dean Ambrose that's not the case. Um, what they're building him up to, I have no idea. I don't see him going after the championship at any point in the near future. I don't see Ambrose versus Lesnar being a possibility, I think Roman Reigns will be the guy to take the title off of him. There's really no one else that comes to mind, um, especially not John Cena. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, I'm just interested to see how this how this feud goes. I think it could be great, but both guys need wins. So if they have a one-on-one match at Survivor Series, maybe they do a brawl like they did with Ambrose and Rollins a couple times. The Battleground they did it, or maybe it's a double DQ or whatever the hell they do. Maybe it's a DQ finish, street fight or something. Exactly. Maybe there's something good. They can't just have a one-on-one match. Yeah. Like Ambrose and Wyatt would have a good like hardcore. Well, I can't do hardcore because they don't do that. Like extreme rules. Match. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not extreme rules. Yeah, give like me that. a break. But um, it's good timing too, though, because the feud kicks off now. That maybe we could see this culminate at TLC and like a. I don't know, a tables match or something. Well, TLC like match alone, I don't know. Yeah, whatever, because if Lesnar's not going to be on the show, I don't know. I was going to say, like, also if you do like a hardcore match, you can just make Wyatt lose and look strong, or Ambrose lose and look strong still. Exactly, because they don't have to be In pinned. In a one-on-one match, if you're t- pinned or tap out, that's It makes you look good. weak. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So I think they could get away with having a tables match and having Wyatt lose there or Ambrose lose there or whatever. But uh, I still look forward to the feud, and hopefully they can uh, you know build upon that. Because like, like you said, the promo last night... There was nothing wrong with the promo, but that was the biggest talking point coming out of Hell in a Cell. Like, oh, like this is going to be great, or that finish shouldn't have happened, or whatever. But people are talking about Bray Wyatt. And then the next night on Raw, it's kind of like an afterthought. With everything else that happened with the main event and Randy Orton, even Ryback, more people were talking about than Bray Wyatt. And it's unfortunate because I think that feud really does have potential. So hopefully they can rebound it with, uh, with that next week on Raw. But uh, like I said before, Randy Orton and John Cena, I want to get your thoughts on their Hell in a Cell match on Sunday night. I had some people like John, he at Heel by Design on Twitter, he was tweeting me saying that that was like the worst match he's ever seen, but I thought it was a pretty good matchup. So a lot of people were of two minds of that of that matchup, and I want to get your thoughts on it. So what were your expectations for, and do you think they exceeded those expectations on Sunday night? Uh, I thought it was just like another Randy Owen Cena match. Nothing yeah. too spe- special. Um, they do, they kind of do like the same spots a lot. Like, the, like they do this like consecutive finisher spots. Like they're like, Hits him with the finisher early, and the match kicks out. And then the table spot at the end was kind of good. I was kind of hoping Roran did it, but mm-hmm. it's what it is. Cena's fucking... Yeah, Cena wins again, as usual. 
Da, 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 da. Oh my god! I, if that's a that's like a ringtone that people should like have to wake up in the morning because you just want to shut that shit off. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just just like another Cena. Nothing really special with the cage. They didn't really yeah, use no. the cell that much for its. Uh... They used the tables and some chairs. Exactly. Maybe should be, maybe should have been a TLC match. But yeah. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was what it was. I'm not gonna say it was one of the worst matches ever. It just was the Hell in a Cell match I kind of predicted it was gonna be. Just kind of. Another Cena match. So it's like if you've seen it so many times, you kind of know what's going to happen. Yeah, so, Cena or in part like a million. Yeah, yeah you exactly. know what's going to happen. And it had nothing, not the ramifications of the match wasn't really that big of a deal. I kind of had a gut feeling Cena was going to win anyways. Yeah. And then when he did the FU through the table, I was like, whatever. So it is what it is. It wasn't the worst match ever, but it wasn't the best match ever. Like we said last week, I think it was pretty predictable that Cena was going to win. I just had a small shred of hope that Orton was going to win, and he didn't. And I still think that's a mistake because that could have built upon. Well, I mean. I'll look at it this way, because they wanted to build upon that in the sense that Rollins won his match and Orton lost his. So he has that over Orton. I get that, but in the long scheme of things, if you look at it, we're getting Cena versus Lesnar. There's no way around it. Someone asked me, could we see a triple threat match between Orton, Cena, and Lesnar, but then how do you really get Orton back in that title match if he lost last night or on Sunday night? So I, I don't know how they work around that to get to that matchup, and I don't really want to see that. I, w- I would like to see that matchup, but... Because the only way I could see that happening is if like they have him, like, if you beat Seth Rollins, you can get in the match. Yeah. Then that looked bad for Seth Rollins because he hasn't got he's not beaten so long. Yeah, 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 exactly. He's another guy that's kind of like, they're really protecting right now. I like him, but I feel like they're just like, he's like the Roman Reigns right now. They can't lose. Yeah, because he's like the only top. Like it's just like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. With Rollins though, I think it's smart that they're doing that because he's the only real heel that they have right now. Exactly. With Randy Orton in the in the process of turning Kane is Bray Kane. Wyatt. Bray, well, yeah, Bray Wyatt too, and he's coming back as well. So, and I think right now actually we'll talk a little bit about this. I think the depth of the roster is not great. I'm not going to go. It's bad from one week and great to the next. They're starting to build upon it again. I think with Wyatt being back. They've got Ambrose and Rollins. Orton's starting to mean something again. I'm really excited for where Orton is going. And I'll ask you when he's actually going to turn in just a second. But even with Ryback, even if he's just a mid-card act, at least it's another body on the roster. Dolph Ziggler, in a way, was not really involved in the main event last week, but at least he's kind of getting involved with something new. You know what I mean? Like he had a match with Kane in the mid-main event and wasn't in the opening match for the millionth time. So I'm liking that Ziggler is kind of getting that extra push because I think we talked about this before. Was that with Ziggler, with, with Brock Lesnar being gone, Dolph Ziggler is the de facto. He's pretty much a WWE champion right now. Exactly, he's the number one guy essentially on paper. So I'm glad he's kind of getting this push. Um, I'm not really going to call it a push, but the association with Cena should be, you know, help him in the long run. And if he's going to be involved in the main event of Survivor Series on Team Cena. Um, it's only going to benefit him. So I'm going to ask you right now, um, we talked about this before, but when do you see the official Randy Orton babyface turn and like being cemented? At what point do you Survivor see Survivor Series. In his hometown of St. Louis. He's going to be on Team Authority, and he's going to screw with Seth Rollins. So I was going to ask you that before. Someone told me that last night. A lot of people were speculating that Orton was going to be the final member of Team John Cena, but for some reason I feel like that's going to take away from it. I feel like you need to have him a part of Team Authority because... As of right now, he's, he's still, still part, part of the authority. authority. Exactly. exactly. You can have him turn on the authority, like you just said, on Rollins or whoever to a major pop from that crowd in his hometown. Like It's going to make for a great moment if they do it correctly. Um, so you think in Survivor Series? That's what I thought, too. 
So we mentioned before Team Cena versus Team Authority. And this is the matchup I thought we were going to get last year with the Authority when they first started getting going. But then we got a random like elimination match instead, and we got Big Show versus Randy Orton in the main event. So with the champion being gone, at least we get that opportunity to get a real Survivor Series match because we haven't gotten one in years. So as of right now, Team Authority, nothing's been confirmed. It's just Team Cena versus Team Authority. So Team Authority, I'm thinking... Actually, I'll get your predictions first. What do you, who do you think is going to be on each team? Five on five. Five on five, I'd say Team Authority, I'd say Seth Rollins, Kane... Orton and the Dust Brothers. And then on um, Cena, it'd be Cena, Dolph Ziggler, uh, Usos. Shit. That's I what I was thinking, I'm too. I'm another guy now. I'm thinking if someone's going to re- make a return or something. I'm thinking either Ryback or someone else comes back. Ryback in that. Roman Reigns. No. I think it might be too soon. I, I don't if, think he's if, ready. Uh, if Daniel Bryan is ready, but I doubt oh, he's man, ready. Oh, man, that'd be amazing. Um... Sheamus, maybe? That's what I was thinking. I'm trying to think of another baby face. So maybe should, but the thing is, if you have Sheamus and Ziggler in it, and the, and the Dust Brothers, yeah, then there's no the title match left. Yeah, exactly. You guys no world so, champion. There's like a Divas title match. That's it. I think. That's uh, one of your biggest might, shows of the year. They might put like a couple scrubs in it just to try to like... But. That was my exact card, too, for who's going to be on each team. But then I thought of it, and someone mentioned this on Twitter uh, last night, was that instead of the Dust Brothers... You have Joey Mercury and Jamie Noble instead. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I see that the team. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that too. Now that you said that, I was like, yeah, cool, let's keep that, that, they fill up the two. Yeah, yeah slots, Noble so. and Mercury. So Usos and Ziggler makes sense because Usos and Cena have always been tight. Ziggler was kind of teased last night. Who's gonna be that fifth guy? It's not gonna be Orton. Orton's gonna be on Team Authority. He'll turn on Ambrose? them. Ambrose and Wyatt are gonna do something. I'm trying to think of who I'm can return. I'm trying to think like another beat. Like that's yeah. the thing is, you're saying the roster's so deep, but it's no, no, no. It's not a deep. It's getting better. It's getting better, but I'm just trying to think like Big Show. Now that Mark Henry will do something, yeah. but I don't want to see that again. They've already... that was at Survivor Series a couple of years ago. Same so exact pay per view. I'm trying to think. Sheamus. That's what I'm saying. Ryback Shame. is the only guy that yeah, comes to I mind. Yeah, but I just don't think anyone would care. Ryback. He has nothing to do with any of it, so I don't know why he'd be in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Ziggler, Usos, and all of them would have like. Usos make sense. Ziggler Usos are always have been with Cena, so I could yeah. easily see that. Ziggler was teased last night. And Ziggler was actually against the Authority when they first got started. Remember mm-hmm. they were facing the Shield like a million times? I'm going to look at the roster right now. So I'm like, trying to think. Yeah, Sheamus is the only one that makes sense, like but... Big E? <laughs> yeah, Big E. Um, who else is on the roster right now? That would make sense. I don't know. I'm just thinking Ryback because there's no one else that makes sense right now. But, um... Mm. You, you can't find like anyone? maybe Babyface Cesaro. Oh, yeah, dude. That'd be awesome if they turned him. They're doing they're, they're doing a lot of turns recently with Randy Orton, Ryback, like, now Mark Henry. Jack Swagger's another Babyface, even though I wouldn't want to see him in it. Yeah, I mean, Kofi yeah. Kingston you could do, probably. I'm not saying he's the best guy, but they would easily put him in the match. They would, yeah. I could so... Now that I see it, I could so see him putting Kofi Kingston in it. Kofi Kingston or, uh... Who did you mention before? Uh, Cesaro. Cesaro, yeah. If they turn him babyface, that'd be awesome. But um, oh no, Jack Swagger. I can Jack kind of Swagger, can I say too? He's lower on the totem pole, but I don't know. Big Show and Mark Henry is another match that we could see at that pay per view. So, what are your thoughts? Even though it could be seen coming from a mile away, what are your thoughts on a heel Mark Henry or Mark Henry turning heel last night on Raw um, in the potential feud with Big Show? Careless. Good careless. We've already seen before, and the f- before it had a meaning. Now it has zero meaning. Before was the title, now it's Yeah, just, at least it was over the World It's just because they couldn't beat Rusev, so they just fight each other now, I guess. I don't know. I guess it's a feud, but I don't care. Like, there's no reason that people should be talking about 
Mark Henry in the Big Show in 2014 no. as a big match. I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. They shouldn't have been. I don't know. It's just another. I guess it's just something to do. Fill up the card, but that's all it really is. The only saving grace of this that I thought of was that Mark Henry is better as a heel, but there's really not much for him to do in 2014. Big Show, there is nothing for him to do. I just couldn't care less for the Big Show, and that's just being biased because I'm not a Big Show fan. But like you said, we've seen the feud before. We just saw it three years ago over the World Heavyweight Championship, and now there's no meaning to it. The matches were not great. So I don't really know what they do with that feud going into Survivor Series. They'll easily have a match, so, I mean, that's pretty much uh, confirmed at this point. Um, but another thing that happened last night in Raw, Ryback is back, and being the big fan of Ryback that I am, and I know you're not a big Ryback fan, he is back as a baby face, doing his Feed Me More shtick. So that being said, what were your thoughts on the Ryback return? Feed Me More, the big guy is back. Literally, right when they said it was open challenge, I knew it was going to be Ryback. I was like, it's got to be a face. It's got to be someone not too big for Bo Dallas. I'm like, I guarantee it's Ryback. And then heard the feed me more. I'm like, yep. Feed me more is back. I don't know. Like, it's nothing. I don't really have anything against him. It's more the fact of how much much he was pushed for how much he really is good and is over and all that stuff. Like, he went from not even doing good in XT to becoming main event and after he debuted like a couple of months. It's kind of like when they pushed a guy that didn't deserve to be pushed that far. And well, then it, goes, kind of, it all goes back to what we've talked about before, pushing a guy way too quickly. And he never had a title. It's like that guy that never had a title. Like That's what, why it's kind of in like that like state of he needs a title. Yeah, exactly. Like, like a proper build up. Yeah, exactly. Tag team, mid-card. It's not the same anymore, but... uh um, that being said, though, yeah, he went from like beating like Jinder Mahal one week to like facing CM Punk in the main <laughs> event. Like, could have Ryback been a big time player at one point? Maybe, but the fact they put him right in the main event at a bad time too, because Punk couldn't lose that title, he mm-hmm. had to lose it to The Rock. So Ryback had to lose, but they continued to make him lose and lose and lose, and it got to the point that it was ridiculous. And then turning him heel was like the final nail in the coffin because the guy was so over that you take away the Feed Me More chant. The guy's not good for anything. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? I'm a big Ryback fan, but he's not the best in-ring technician and on his own as a heel. <laughs> he's just not good. And the thing with Axel wasn't all that entertaining either. I know it was another tag team in the division, but you can only witness so many Dust Brothers versus Ryback-Axel matches. You know what I mean? The whole pairing with Paul Heyman was an absolute bust. That was a waste of time because he jobbed out to CM Punk like every two minutes so like every single time they faced off CM Punk would win every single match so I'm glad that he's back is he going to be a world champion probably not but I'm glad that he's back as a baby face because at a time that we need roster depth it's another body that we can have on the roster regardless of who he faces Um, they'll probably continue to feed him jobbers for the next couple of weeks like Bo Dallas where's Fondango been the guy's been off TV forever but um, Bo De- uh, Ryback, though, I'm very happy that he's back and as a babyface because that's where he shines the most. And I do think there is some untapped potential there with the big guy as a babyface. Feed me more. So with that being said, he was not on the show last night. Conspicuous by his absence, Rusev, where do you see his next view being? Who do you see it being with? Probably Ryback. I was thinking Ryback because I was like, who... I thought that's where he was going to return in a segment like with with Rusev saying, oh, we need more challengers, Ryback would come out, you know, boom, right there. But, but Maybe they do that next week, I don't know. I don't know, but I feel like he will, I don't know. I could see him being the authority match for some reason, like being under them, but I don't know. They need to do something with him. He's kind of getting to that point he's just stale. It's like I don't hate him. I just hate the direction they're putting him in. Like he's kind of like, you know where he's not going. jobbing people out. He's just having matches with like guys that, 
You don't care. Like, about. I know he's gonna beat, and the guys I just don't care about. Like he's beating Mark Henry, Jack Swagger, Big Show, Big Show, Biggie, Biggie. Like guys, I just don't <laughs> have any care at all. He's pretty much beating all the lower end baby faces right now. Ryback would probably be the next line of those baby faces, and then because then like after them, that's when you start going to like the top guys, and I don't think he's ready for that. And then he like if he goes over on Cena, then like. You kind of have to give him a title shot. And then, do you see Rusev as WWE champion? No. I don't see him being world champion material, but I could see him contending against, like, a Roman Reigns or something like that. But the thing is, is that, like you said, if he beats Cena, and I don't think he will, yeah. I think it's going to be another Bray Wyatt case where they build the guy up over the course of a year, have him face John Cena at WrestleMania, John Cena wins, and Rusev is dead in the water. Because after the undefeated streak is broken, like with Ryback, the guy was over, and Rusev is slowly getting more and more over as a heel. That once you take that streak away, there has to be something there. The only thing that Rusev has going for him is that he has a, a mouthpiece. And Lana, yeah, yes. she's great. He's kind of, he's he's pretty much in the same situation that Kozlov was in. Kozlov didn't have a mouthpiece, so it kind of killed his character. Yeah. Obviously, if you can't speak English or talk for yourself, no one's gonna like you. Or get over on You're you. You're done, yeah. Exactly. She actually helps him and like builds heat on him. Like I said, like he needs a stepping stone before he gets to the main event. Like, you can't just go from Survivor Series beating Ryback to Cena. Like, they need, like, to make these titles. Like, he needs, like, win something. Like, there's too many guys nowadays. that there's Bray Wyatt's a perfect example. Like, goes from fighting Dana Bryan, The Shield, and Cena. And then, no, like, beat Kane. Kane, 2013 people, Kane. Well, he's big now somehow. I don't know. Kane to Daniel Bryan to The Shield to Cena. And then... Cena, Cena, Jericho, Jericho, buried off TV, <laughs> yeah. and now he's back in Steen Ambrose. Like, he's facing big people, but it's like, he has no credibility. He's a good wrestler and stuff like that, but like... And no championships. But won. like, think of a guy like Daniel Bryan, he actually like, won a couple t- championships, and then, then he got like, to the main... Like, Ziggler's a perfect example of that too. Like, you have to win something to prove that you have some credibility, then make it. No one's going to think that, oh, Rusev's WWE champion because he beat someone. Like, you have to have like, something behind him, and... I don't hate Rusev. I actually kind of like started to like him a little bit because I feel like he's kind of doing what he's got to do. He's kind of it's not his fault where he's what spot he's at, but I don't know. I feel like they need to do something different with him or something new. Like this whole like United States versus America crap is kind of getting old. I think they're thinking short term, not too short term. It's not like they haven't started feuding with Cena months ago, but and they are building him up the right way. But the thing is, is that, like you said, they should kind of build him up from Jobber. And they did. I mean, they build him, you know, they give him Jobbers and then a mid-carder, then Big Show and Mark Henry. But then after you face John Cena, like with Bray Wyatt, where do you go from there? Exactly. That's why you can't rush At WrestleMania, Cena. too. Yeah, exactly. You can't go back on that. So, But I think if it's not going to be Ryback, they'll probably continue to build up Ryback because I don't think they're going to build him up only to have him lose to Rusev in like a month. What I was thinking that what they'll probably do is have his next feud be with Sheamus over the United States Championship. Have him take that title from him because God knows Rusev or Sheamus is not doing anything with that championship. Is it going to do anything with Rusev? Probably not, but I mean, it makes sense. Gain some... Yeah, and it makes sense in the, in the course of the storyline, but in the sense that uh, if he takes that title from the United States, some real American's going to want to win that title back from him. Is it going to be John Cena? Probably not, but... Like, John Cena... United States champion would never fly right now. No, in 2014 or 2015, probably not. But um, at least, it'd, I mean, that could keep him in the mid-card for a while. It would prevent him from going against John Cena next year at WrestleMania. Um, like Kurt Angle think it'd be great, but again, that's not happening. I think I read today that he's signed back with TNA. Not official yet, but 
It just makes me sad to read that because I really want to see Angle back in WWE. I do think he will be back at one point for a Hall of Fame induction, but as an active competitor, it looks like those days are officially yeah. gone, which really sucks. Um, but that being said, though, we got Rusev and Sheamus for the United States Championship. What else is going on right now in WWE? Mark, tag team titles are sad right now. There's oh, no I want to talk about that real quick. Jeff, no tag teams. Jeff Stone made a bold claim to you the other day <laughs> that the Dust Brothers were bar- or buried the Usos <laughs> at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Now, can you defend that statement? Or do, you, do you agree with that, or do you she, think it's uh, just him? He just, he just says stuff all the time. He's like, oh, it was just lost again. They're getting buried. And then they won. Who did they beat last night? Miz now. He's like, oh, not buried anymore. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the Usos kind of have, like, I don't know, like, they still, like, have their fans, but, like, they're kind of, like, lowering down. The thing their steam, is, yeah. their steam's starting to go out. Just like any guy that, like, starts losing eventually, his steam starts going out. And so I feel like more tag teams, they die down more, because you can only fight certain guys. Like, even if you're, like, a mid-card guy and you're fighting, like, decent feuds, it's still, like, going. Yeah. If you're a tag team and lose the titles, then you go, titles, you're fighting Los Matadores exactly, on Superstar. Yeah. So, like, the fall from high to low is so quick that I feel like they've lost a lot of steam, but, like... Besides them, like, there's really no tag teams besides, like, Los Matadores, Slater, Gator, like... They haven't been on TV in Exactly. Thankfully, but, but they, they haven't been on TV. they're a tag team. Yeah. Uh, like, Miz and Miz Dow, I guess they're trying to make a tag team. Maybe. I get, that's what I thought, too. So I like that fresh matchup that we got last time on yes. Raw, too. The only thing with the Usos, I love the Usos, but I think their biggest problem right now, and someone nailed it right on the head when they were talking to me the other day, is that they're too overexposed. They were in all of those six-man tag team matches that we saw week after week after week that we see the same spots from them in every single matchup. Yeah, they do like the, the jump over the top. The Uso, I say Uso, you say oh, like yeah, that stupid yeah. JBL thing. Yeah, yeah. Eruso. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff exactly. goes, every time he says that, Jeff goes, dude, turn the TV off. <laughs> JBL. Eruso. <laughs> JBL. Classic. God. But, uh, I, I lo- like you said, they had got a lot of exposure. Like They were like, with the Wyatt family and Daniel Bryan for a while. Like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I can't, you can't like just, like they, they are always on TV. I don't know. I guess like they're not overexposed, but they just like, like they just do the same crap all the time. And they like just, I like how they did twin magic though last night. I actually kind of like that. Did you really? Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny. Wow. I didn't like that. I think it's more of a heel thing. It is. Obviously it's a heel thing, but. Eh, they'll probably start doing it with Miz and Miz now, which I think would be exactly. funny. Yeah, so I look forward to that. It should be pretty humorous. I don't know where they go with Miz and Miz now, like we talked like, about last week. I feel week. like they could do, like... They can milk that, that partnership out between Miz and Miz now for a while. who do you have wrestling against the Dust Brothers now for the titles? That's it? what I'm thinking. I don't know. They, they probably will do, like, some makeshift tag team, but there's not enough, like, singles guys to even make a makeshift tag team. Um, like, I can't think of any other baby faces besides the Usos. Like, I guess maybe the real Americans reunite because no. Cesaro isn't doing anything right now. Um, I hope not. Like, and they broke up, like, earlier this year, so it's not even, like, a couple years down the line, you know? So I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I guess they, they probably won't even defend the titles in the next pay-per-view. Like you said, they might fight. They're probably just fighting, like, a traditional match. Yeah, probably. I wouldn't be surprised. And then you got the Divas title. Probably, like, Paige and Nikki Bell, I could see. Yeah. Yeah, I see Paige and I see AJ Lee and Nikki with Brie costing oh, yeah, the yeah, title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could actually, I feel like a lot of people say like she's gonna cost. So I could possibly see like a heel turn. Wait, from Brie? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought that help, last night. Yeah. And Brie helps Nikki win yeah, the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it puts an end to the feud. Exactly. That's one thing. And like says like, because then like I guess like you could say in a way like they're saying like it's all about Brie, 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 Brie. Like the last couple of years, like she's the one that's actually won like the Divas title. She'd be like, oh, like. 
now it's time for you. Like I can see where I can see that. Yeah. They need something like fresh. Like That's a possibility. Like, yeah. Instead of like she goes in like but like the referee's like distracted or something. It could be where they're instead going. Instead of hitting Nikki Bell, she hits AJ. She hits her with like that like backbreaker thing and she wins. And like, yeah. Then then they go back to like the twin magic heel. Uh, bells again. Yeah, that's probably where they were best anyway. Yeah. But um, either even though though, I, I think they could do that, especially with last night. I don't know if it was they made Alicia Fox the babyface or what the deal was with that because they teased it last night when Pete when Paige attacked Alicia after their match with AJ. So maybe that's where they're going with that. And with a with Alicia going babyface, maybe they make Brie a heel. Like I don't really know how that works, but but the but thing is like then. The thing is, like, if we if we like go over the match that we've gone over so far for Survivor Series, it like there's like no matches on the yeah, card. Yeah, exactly. I don't we've know what you do. We've had the tag team match. Then the problem if we have the both the titles in it, and then if we have like wait, we said who says, and if they do put the Desperate in the Authority one, then there'd be no ta- titles besides nope. the Divas Championship. Then you have a Rusev maybe match, and then you have Big Show Mark Henry. Big and Show Mark Henry, Rusev match, Multiman match, Divas title channel, match. That's four. Big, uh, no, no, I'm sorry, Dean Ambrose, Wyatt. Yeah, that's five. Eh. I guess you can make five matches, but they'll probably make more, too. Just, you know, have some random matches yeah, last exactly. minute, you know? Yeah, I don't but, know. But, I don't know. I feel like they need people. <laughs> yeah, they, they need, need more people. people. Come WrestleMania season, hopefully they start to build up the roster again with all the they part-timers need and whatever. People too. Yeah, I think they'll probably start bringing up Sami Zayn or Adrian Neville. I'm Sammy really... Zane. I don't Sammy want Zane's Adrian Neville on the roster. I feel like he won't be... He's just the guy that'll never succeed, I feel like. He's like Tyson Kidd, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's a fair comparison. I think he can have some success. He can have good matches. I'm not going to say he's not a good wrestler, but just like in this roster, you can't like... He won't be a good mid-card. He won't make it beyond a certain level. Exactly. I think he's a great talent, but he won't make it beyond a certain level. I could see Sami Zayn being like an, another Daniel Bryan where he yeah. breaks the boundaries of being a, a world worker, champion. That's why he's yeah, oh, he's a great worker. Yeah, I look forward to their match at the next NXT, NXT special, though. Um, on December 11th, it's last... What's it called? Uh, NXT TakeOver Evolution. Well, that's what's going to be called. N- nice name. Yeah, Evolution, exactly, so... Um, that should be pretty cool. But that being said, that's going to close tonight's show. Any other ideas or any other thoughts in the wrestling world before we let you go? Not really. I don't know. I feel like it's it's turned to the best. Hopefully Survivor Series is taken serious this year. Hopefully they have fresh views, not a DQ finish for the last pay-per-view in a row. Hopefully they do the wide and Dean Ambrose does a street fight or hardcore. Or just book it properly, steel yeah. Steel cage or I don't care. It's not a one-on-one match. I just don't see that being good. No. And then, just hopefully they have just new fresh feuds, and that's all I can really ask for. I'm excited for where they go from here. I'm not, like, extremely excited, but I'm more hopeful for the future, for, like, the foreseeable future than I was, like, a month ago. Because, like, right now we've got the whole Randy Orton thing going on, which I think is great. Um, Seth Rollins and, you know, Seth Rollins and Randy Orton. Um, obviously, what they're doing right now with Ambrose and Wyatt, like I said before, has potential, but whether they book it correctly you know, is another thing to be said. They got that going on. No, you're not a big fan of it, but I'm glad that Ryback's back and whatever they do with him in the near future. Um, you know, Whatever else they got going on right now, there's really nothing that's overly bothering me. Like I didn't like the Bella storyline. They've kind of peaked it down a little bit. Their match on Sunday was good. I'll give them credit where credit is due. Both of them have improved a lot. And they had a better match. Honestly, they had a better match on Paige and AJ on Sunday night because Paige and AJ have had a lot of underwhelming matches since this old feud started. I'm hoping that it's over now because it's dragged on for far too long. But even still, though, like you said before, 
um, Survivor Series, if they build it up, could actually mean something this year, and I'm looking forward to it. So that all being said, before we let you go, RJ, the shout-outs. Oh, my God, shout-outs. Molly, Jeff, Cam, Sauce, Jamie, Shannon, if I didn't say it too bad, at Ray, I think, what's my Twitter? At Raymond underscore Marceau, at Ray Marceau on YouTube. Besides that, at WrestleRant. Sounds good. Like you just said, at WrestleRant on the Twitter, Facebook, Ram, Gius, and Matthews. We're here live on 365.com backslash stations backslash ECTV73 every Tuesday at 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 Central Time. So with that being said, we'll be back next week with some more raw talk and much, much more. I'm Graham Jason Matthews. Have a very happy Halloween, and we'll catch you next week.